Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Game Gravy Rewind podcast. This is episode 28. I am your host, Anthony, here with Michael Johnson from GameGravy.com. Hello. So this is going to be kind of like a fireside chat because it's just the two of us. <laughs> yes, very intimate. <laughs> yes, but um, so let's start off. I know you went to the convention in Boston this weekend, PAX yes. East 2015. Mm-hmm. And I'm I know you guys already had a podcast about it. You and Michael, or you and Christopher. Um, I am going yep. to I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and ask you some questions that maybe you guys didn't cover on the podcast. Sure. Uh, maybe. Maybe from more of like a third perspective, third person perspective kind of view, because uh, I wasn't there, so I, I can kind of maybe ask questions that I'm wondering that you you know you could answer that maybe you guys wouldn't have thought to to mention because you guys were just talking about basically the games you had played. Sure, yeah, well, that's fine. Okay, so let's start off. Um, so you guys went up there on Friday. It started, or yep. you guys were up there Thursday night, though, well, right? Thir- Thursday night, yeah. So we could be there early on Friday for the. So press. how cold was it? It was just as cold there as it was in Michigan. It was like, I don't know, 30 degrees, 20, 20 degrees. How, how about for us Floridians? Is that pretty cold? It's pretty pretty cold. There was ice on the ground. Uh, he he didn't bring a winter jacket, and he was freezing. So <laughs> <laughs> well, there, yeah, was, put... there was one day where it got up to 40, and it felt like summer. But um, that was, like I think, the last day that we were there. Yeah. Well, next time he'll be more prepared, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you guys got there on Thursday evening. Mm-hmm. Then you went to your hotel, obviously. Then, uh, what time did you guys get there the next morning? What time does PAX open for the press? Um, it opened at 9 a.m. for the press on Friday, and then 10 p.m. For, 10 a.m. Sorry, <laughs> an hour later for normal people. Gotcha. So where where does this um actually take place? You know, I never been to Boston. Oh, it's at the um, Boston Convention Center downtown Boston. Okay, is that similar? Have you been to the Orlando Convention Center? Is that similar? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I think it's a little smaller than the Orlando one for some reason. But yeah, the um, Orlando one's huge. It's absolutely huge. Yeah, it's just like that, but it's you know it's a convention center decked out for video games. Okay. It's actually, I mean, it's a large center. It's very big, but um, but yeah. So I've seen some images from you and Chris. Uh, you guys had posted some stuff. So, th- so tell me what it's like to feel like a herd of sheep. Oh, gosh. Uh, claustrophobic? <laughs> I mean, think about it like this. Uh, you've been to, to, like, rock shows, and you know what the mosh pits look like, you know? Like, yeah, arm, but I'm usually on the other arm. side of that. I know, me and you are on stage normally. Besides that, like, you you <laughs> see what it's like, right? Well, yeah. think think about being in it. And then being like pushed in one direction or the left, and I mean, some areas are not that bad, but um, it's just like I don't know. I what did I say to Chris, joking around? I'm like, this is Disney World without rides. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, one of the pictures I saw was like, man, are these guys going into the slaughtering room? Yeah, I mean, seriously, it looks like you guys were just being funneled. They they were funneled into places, wrapped around booths and stuff like that. A bottle of water is three dollars and fifty cents, and a slice of pizza is six dollars. Wow. Um, that's so you want to bring your own food, go grocery shopping. We, we had free breakfast at the hotel and then I went to the gas station a lot and the grocery store to get some food. So I didn't have to buy too much, but, um, there was a cool restaurant next door to where we were staying too. That was pretty cheap and had great food. Um, very cool. But yeah. So, um, when you had, you, when you mentioned free breakfast, did you guys have breakfast with any of the developers or was it just like the continental breakfast? Uh, it was just continental breakfast. Although we did have, um, we had the behemoth breakfast, which is a press event. Um, that was the first day on Friday 
and they were really awesome. There was like a huge spread, like amazing fruit and like, you know, eggs and everything and coffee and just whatever you think of they, they had. And then afterwards, they had the whole custom arcade booth cabinet area set up so you could sit down and play their um, new premiere title, uh, Game 4, which was pretty awesome. Okay. Um, they they make Alien Hominid, right? Yes, correct. And then uh, Battle Block Theater, and you know, all those good games. So how how ridiculously hard is it to get in contact with the developers when you're at the booth? Um, uh, it's I, I, as I surprisingly easy as talking to them by accident, not realizing they're the developers. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> they're all so, just, they're all standing next to the game and eagerly waiting people to come play their stuff, and they'll they'll talk to everybody and anybody and answer awesome questions just all day. Okay, so how how hard is Except that for, for Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna get into that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll defend them against you guys, even though I wasn't there getting ignored, but. I'll always come to Nintendo's defense, but um, uh, so how hard is it for press to get their work done? Uh, no, not hard at all. Um, there's a special press room that's upstairs, and you can come and go as you please. If you get there early, that was the, that was the first thing we did. So like a day, a day schedule would be like we get there super early. Um, we got there probably like at eight to try to get in as early as possible. Um, ran up to the press room. Got a locker because it's first come first serve. Put our stuff in it, and then um, then we go down to the show floor um, and then divvy out what we want to look at. We did a lot of things together, and then we split apart only like a few times um, just to get as much done as possible. But you know, it was cool to be able to play things together and then talk about it later or figure out like, all right, well we both played those four games. Which one did you like the best that you want to write about? And then I'll write these, or I'll tell you which ones I like. So it was kind of cool to be able to do that. And then when we're ready, we take like a break out because it gets extremely overwhelming. Just like your perception, just you know. There's lights, there's people everywhere, there's things flashing in your face. So it's nice to take a break. So we'd go up to the press room for like an hour and then, like as you saw, just pump out a bunch of articles and hands-on impressions for what we're doing. Maybe eat something and grab a coffee, go back down and do it all over again. So um, that's how we were able to get all that content out is by like portioning our day off in that way. Okay. Yeah, I was I was a little jealous. I seen you guys got to hang out with X Studios. I'm I'm really mm-hmm. excited about their two games coming out, Two Brothers and Y2K. Yeah, they were really nice. In fact, uh, Jose was a super super nice guy, and he actually reminded me of you a lot. It was really weird. I was like, is this Anthony? No, it's not Anthony. Well, he's he following like, me on Twitter now. Yeah, so. <laughs> you saw a photo so, then, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, we're both we're both following each other. So so, so passionate about all, all the games and stuff like that, and you know, it was it was great. Yeah, I'm gonna I, I bug them probably once a month on asking them when <laughs> Two Brothers is gonna come out. So now oh, I can okay. just bug them on his personal account, and I don't have to do it on the Act Studio account. There you go. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's this guy again. <laughs> hey, whatever. Right. <laughs> I, I want to play it, so I'm gonna keep bugging until I get well, to. Well, he knew who you were when we were like, hey, Anthony from Game Gravy said hi. He wanted me to stop by and I want to check out your stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, very cool. You know, like so. <laughs> yeah, and then um um I know. I I was kind of like I was kind of like hounding you guys like hey stop at Image Inform and say hey because yeah, you know yeah, I was a huge fan of their SteamWorld game mm-hmm. so um yeah and and of course it's good that we uh we we made a couple connections and we're gonna have yeah. them you know as guests on the podcast coming up soon so yeah. that's something for our listeners to look forward to yeah and we played we have some uh, really good indie studios yeah coming up. we we played Zombie Vikings as well too um, that's from Zoinks. So uh, I'm just yeah, no, I'm just just saying we play. They were next door. They like shared a booth. So Image Informed yeah, yeah. on the right hand side was Steamworld Heist, and on the left was um, 
uh, yeah, the zombie Vikings game by uh, Zoink. Yeah, and I've seen you guys got to meet up with Jules from yes. Renegade Kids. So oh, that's I did. Cool. Chris was busy at that time playing. Yeah, ball. he got a little. Um, I think he got delayed. His playing got delayed, so yes. he was there a little bit late. Yeah, he literally came in like I think at five thirty or whatever that day. Yeah, day day two. Yeah, I think day, it was day two. Yeah, yeah. But he had a nice setup in in the booth, sharing it with a couple people. So. Was he just showing off Zeo Drifter? Yes, yes, he was. I'm surprised he didn't have Moon Chronicle. He had a very. I mean, he when I say he was sharing a spot, they gave him a table. Oh wow! So they didn't give him much much presentation. No, room it, it was like seriously like a small little table, and he had his one printout stand right there, and yeah. So they they had the booth, but I mean he's fr- really great friends with with all of those guys. So it's like they're really accommodating and nice. And then he's friends with a lot of people at Devolver over there, and he introduced me to some people, and yeah, it was nice to check out all those booths while we were there. Very cool. So uh, on. If you had to take a guesstimate, how many booths and different companies do you think would be there? Oh God, man, hundreds. Um, because not only are there you... <clears throat> not only are there video game booths there, um, and a lot of these booths are shared. So you might have two or three indie games in one booth, or four. Like you know, it it really it really depends on. Um, on the area but there also are stores there where independent comic book stores card game stores things like that like there weren't comic books per se but there was a lot of the anime and like magic the gathering cards board games tabletop games uh, and in, in the meantime there's a whole back section by the queue line that's all tabletop games like warhammer and like i mean you name it they have it over there um you know, Settlers of Catan. I mean, they just they had everything at this convention. Like you're in heaven if if you like, if you like anything video games, board games, card games related, you, you'll have fun. So, very cool. Now, would you? I, I know, like the with the crowds being so huge, do you think that? Okay, what would you rather see? Would you rather see less people in there? Like no, less people. No, like I, I would rather see them. Uh, some of the larger booths, um, I mean, High Res Studios was there, and they're – I would consider them an indie company, right? They're they're indie company. What, what do they make? Um, Tribes, uh, Tribes 2, and then they make Smite. Um, That's uh, – I mean, they're like one of the larger of the indie but companies. But I'm saying they're still yeah. an indie company. They had a huge Yeah, I would booth. say they're still indie. Booth there. Um, and uh, I don't know. What I would like to see is a lot of the medium to larger size indie and you know AAA places have a press line. And I know they have the one day dedicated to press, but it was only an hour. And then in that hour, I was able to hit, like, with Chris, I think, four or five booths. And then by the time we got to the other ones that we really wanted to see, press time was over. And that was it. And it was first come, first served. Like, press got special attention because a lot of people wanted to um, give you their press kits and talk to you about the game. They wanted you to do a write-up, so they'd pull you aside, sometimes make you, let you cut in line um, occasionally. But they should have dedicated press lines there. Because there's not many of them there. Like, the whole room, like, we got to meet a lot of press people and sit with them and chat with them. And honestly, there's probably, like, I want to guess, like, 25, 30 press people there. We all fit in the room, and there was never a time where we were fighting for a spot. So, because we were constantly rotating in and out of the room to write. So, if they had a dedicated line, it would make things a lot smoother for us. At least on our end, you know? Because certain lines were, like, a couple hours long, it felt like. (laughs) Um... But yeah, the lines. Once the lines cap, by the way, they have a guy standing on the end of the line with a sign saying, "This line's full. Check back in thirty minutes." 
Yeah, so would you like to see maybe a full day given to the press and then the other two days? Yeah, I mean, oh my in? gosh, if they did that, that would be amazing. I, I would, we would get so much stuff done and then I would still hang out for the rest of the time just to hang out with the crowds and talk to people, you know what I mean? And be able to just do extra stuff. But um, yeah, a full day of press or even like a half day of press would be amazing. It'd be enough time to see everything because honestly, I'll be like bluntly honest. We were able to see everything the first day. That's it. Everything. But but you were able to see everything. You weren't actually able to play and talk oh, to each developer. Oh, we were developer. able to play everything and talk to a lot of people. Yeah, we talked to so many people. But, like, it forced us to, since we couldn't get press access to a lot of stuff, we had to stand in a lot of lines. So every everything that we wanted to get, we didn't get to. But um, the stuff that we were interested in immediately, we got to see right away. Uh, yeah, it, it forced I, us to discover newer indie titles every day and go s- dig deep for things that we didn't necessarily know were there, but were like hidden gems and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think maybe if not necessarily dedicate a whole day, at least make half a day. Yeah, to, or at least to, to just say the- Friday they honor press passes to get or like to cut in line or something like that, and to have like little appointments to to meet with people. Well, I think I I I think to me though, I think just just as much that seemed like it was going on, I think it would be, it would be a lot better if you could just get like fifteen minute appointments so that well they do that, even, but they cap those out too immediately. So well, that, that's what that's what I mean though. Like I, I make it a little bit easier for the press to get in there and talk to it because like granted, I mean you want to accommodate to the fans. The fans Absolutely. are paying to get in and see it. I, I understand that point of view. Yeah, me too. But it's the a thing business is, is, thing, so you know. But I mean, we we as press, we're we're looking at your game. We're going to do a write up on your game, and it's going to hit a lot more than just that one person that's standing there playing the game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We have podcast subscribers. We have people on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. I mean, like people see our stuff. So it's not that I'm like would use that as leverage, saying I'll give you bad press. That's like spiteful and unprofessional. Um, but like it, it's like we're trying to help you out, and you're not helping us. So it's like I'm. I literally was like, well, these people that aren't going to give me the time of day because they're too busy, I'm just not going to write about them because I can't be, I can't write anything informed about it because <laughs> they're not giving me a chance to. So exactly. I'm going to spend and, time and with people that are giving me a chance to. That's that's probably a little bit to do with just as busy it is, and a little yeah. bit to do with, uh, you know, as, as many people. Are, it's not E3. Let's get yeah, and so, I mean, exactly. I understand. So so. But let's go ahead and uh, move on from PAX. Uh, if you want to hear all the impressions on the games that they um, got to play and got to demo, uh, go listen to their podcast. You could also read our last few days' worth of articles. They they wrote a bunch of articles yeah, while they were there. If, they were busy working. If you click on the banner at the top of the page that's cycling through, click on PAX East News, and that will literally filter only PAX News that we publish. So you can easily And we'll probably them. leave that up there for another two weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, that. that 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 way everyone could could get in there and see that um maybe we can move it to you know the the toolbar after or the nav bar after sure, that yeah. um that that way we you know i i don't want to keep it up there cuz you know cuz it's, it's going to be kind of old news then but yeah. i i do want people to be able to access just the pax east or you can type in the search pax mm-hmm. and and you can find it there but um yeah so definitely check out the articles they wrote they spent a lot of time up there you know writing the articles they they spent a little bit of time making the podcast so go check it out leave them some comments you know if you have any questions about the game for sure leave them comments and they'll get back to you let you know what they thought or sure yeah you know if there's anything about the game control wise or anything like that you want to know make sure you you know get in contact with them or if you didn't see your game written about and you want it written about just uh reach out let me know 
Yeah, um, we're all active on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can email us. Uh, Mike says Mike at GameGravy.com. I'm Ant at GameGravy.com. You know, if, if one of us doesn't see it, we'll forward it to the proper channels. Yep. And so, um, yeah, so let's go ahead and move on, and sure. we'll start with our what we've been playing. Obviously, you've been playing a lot. Have you been playing yeah. anything that's not PAX-related? Um, I mean, last week that I wasn't able to join the podcast, yeah, I played The Order, and I beat it. <laughs> okay, yeah, go ahead and talk about the order because no one—I don't think anyone's really talked about the order. Um, I'm doing a review for it too, so hopefully it'll be up there soon. Um, but can I get a spoiler alert? Uh, sure. What kind of spoiler alert do you want? <laughs> what did you think of it? I—I I mean, I liked it. A lot of people are hating it, um, and they have all that have their reasons for hating it. But um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was... I think we could go. I think we can go on record though, and I think you would agree that it, it's definitely not a game that I would enjoy. Yeah, I don't think you would enjoy it. I mean, quite personally, I don't think it's worth sixty bucks. If you bought the game for thirty or forty dollars, I say go for it. I think it's worth that at least because I think it's like a really enhanced version of a Telltale game. It's got a good story, in my opinion, and enough exploration and gameplay that it feels like a well-told story that you're able to interact with. There's a lot of cinematics, a lot of quick-time events, but there are also a lot of free-roam play areas where you have combat and you can actually do things and explore. So, yeah, you know, it's funny because, like, I am I like the idea of Telltale games. I just get bored with them by, like, the second or third episode, and I never want to play them again. Well, I mean, yeah. I, well, this game, I wouldn't... I don't know if I'd play it again because I already know all the twists and turns and the plots and stuff like that. You already know what's going to happen. And the so, gameplay is just not that fun, right? No, the gameplay was fun. I liked it, but it's on rails to a certain degree. So you can explore in certain rooms in certain areas, but like me and you being a huge Nintendo fan and being OCD about being a completionist, I found everything. So if anything, the only reason why I'd play it through again is to get those PlayStation uh, uh, reward points or whatever or trophies so that I could you know, unlock more trophies. That'd be the only reason why. But, uh, but yeah. Okay. So. so is there any multiplayer or is it all single player? It's all single player. Yeah. I think that's story from front to be, from beginning to end on rails to a degree. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I liked it. Um, it was fun. It took like, what, four hours to beat it? Four and a half? Um, That's pretty short for a $60 game. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's well worth noting that I traded a, a game in or whatever. Plus, I got my Gamers Club Unlocked discount at Best Buy. So I think I wound up – and plus, I had reward money. So I think I wound up actually spending literally only $40 on the game. And maybe that's why I'm not so butthurt about it like everybody else is because I only paid 40 bucks for it, and I felt like I got my money's worth and then traded it in. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But um, so let's. I'll, I will talk about what I've been playing then, sure. since it sounds like you're basically done with that. So, oh wait, I mean um, I played another game. If you want me to talk about. Oh that. yeah, what game's that? I played Smite. Um, I got an alpha key from PAX East, and um, I was able to download the Xbox One version, and I've been playing. I played that all night last night actually, um, and it's really fun. No, it's yeah, it's it's really different. It's a MOBA. It's a multiplayer online battle arena, and um, I'm not normally a fan of MOBAs. Well, mainly because people were hugely rude on League of Legends where to the point where if I didn't have a friend that I knew was playing I wouldn't play it because people are just that awful 
Um, this is set up in a way where you don't experience that. They have quick gestures. So like someone would be like, defend the tower or retreat, retreat or attack, attack or assist me here. Like there, there's no like, hey, you're, you know, being a troll to someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Xbox controls are super simple and easy. And um, there's a lot of co-op modes on there plus you can battle other people online on xbox it's just it was really fun and when i was standing in line at pax east i noticed a big difference everybody that was in line next to me that i was talking to super passionate about the game and they were really nice people they're nice to new people because i even they asked me what what my favorite character was and all this stuff i'm like you know what i don't actually i don't know i haven't played on pc and the people that i was in line with were all pc players looking to see what it's like on the xbox so and they're hugely advanced players so i got to learn a lot and ask some questions and like you know see what they did and yeah and they said for the most part the community is really nice and they're all you know uh they all work together and the devs were super super nice too talking to them about the game and asking them questions who um, made that game high res studios oh that's right you were you mentioned them earlier yeah one cool thing i want to mention is if you do play on the pc and you have a lot of stuff unlocked um it will do a one-time transfer if you download it on the xbox one when the game officially comes out uh not a lot of details are released about that yet so i'm saying that with uh um tbd on asterisk yeah asterisk tbd (laughs) on full functionality but the devs did promise that there will be a one-time only um transfer your your stats and some of your items and your 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 gods and stuff over to the xbox one console but um but yeah and that's pretty much all i'm gonna know because yeah i don't (laughs) i played a lot there okay so last week on the podcast i talked about Hand of Fate, and I said I would get back to everybody and let you know my uh, final verdict and a little bit more about the game. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I kind of talked about the basics of it um, last weekend or last week on the podcast, and I would just have to say it's actually one of my favorite PS4 downloadable games I've played so far this year. Really? And I, I get yeah, I gave it a nine on, on my review for it for uh, GameGravy.com. Um, I, I just really enjoyed it. It's Basically, like you're playing like a Dungeon and Dragon game, but it's all virtualized. So you're playing against the like they have the dealer there, and he'll he'll put the cards out, and then you'll move your little guy piece onto the the card. It'll give you like a little story quest. It'll say, you know, um, there's this sword down in a cave. Do you want to go get it? And so then it'll it, it'll pop up uh, three. Fail, or three success cards and a failure card. It'll shuffle it up, and you got to pick it. If you get a success, you'll go down there without getting hurt. Um, if you get a failure, sometimes you'll you'll take damage, or you, you know you'll get um, bombarded by an enemy. So this is kind of where it kind of gets cool, though. If you get bombarded by an enemy, it takes you to a fight scene, and the fight scene plays very similar to like a Batman game, uh, only it's like all sword play. Hmm. So if if you ever played the Batman Arkham series, um, where, how you fight in there, where you, you do a lot of counterattacking and stuff like that, well, that's that's kind of like what the the um, battle system's built off of in this game, and it actually works really well, and it's cool because it really splits up the card based stuff and, and the action stuff. So it, you you get part card, part action, and it it really comes together as a really neat um, package, and the game looks gorgeous. It it's running. You know, it it runs in the 1080p that the PS4 runs in. But, I mean, it looks just as good as any retail game I've seen. So the only complaint I really had was the loading times, like going between the cards and the battle sequences sometimes. There, it, there was a little bit of a load, which, I mean, I guess that's, that's expected considering it's going from really two completely different types of gameplay. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, so there was a little long loading time there. And uh, but other than that, I, I mean, I really enjoyed this game. I, I really think it's one of the better games I've played in. And it's simple enough that if you're an, a noob at, you know, at card games or something that it, it really like walks you through how how it's, everything's done. So you don't have to have really any experience playing a card game and you'll be able to play this game. But then it's also challenging later on. Uh, it gets challenging enough that. You, I mean, you actually have to like strategize what paths you're going to go down on the cards because it, it every single time you move a card, it takes one food. So if you run out of food, you die. Um, so it, you know, it 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 all comes together in the end. It, it's difficult as you play through it far enough, but if you you know if you're just a beginner at it, you could you know you can have just as much fun on the earlier levels, and you can keep replay the levels as many times as you want. And it's kind of a different story every time you do too because they shuffle the cards and every all the paths are always different. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, so it's 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 really never a same gameplay two times through. And Even though it's all it just if I forgot like PlayStation 4? PlayStation 4. Okay. Yeah. So, um yeah, I know originally Sean wanted it on the Vita, but they delayed the Vita version cuz they wanted to concentrate on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One version. Yeah. So, uh, th- there will be a Vita version coming out later on, but it's as of right now it was delayed because they wanted to finish up the console versions. That makes sense. Yeah, I remember those emails. <laughs> yeah. And the other um, game I've been playing is from Roll7, and the publisher is Curve Digital, which seems to be porting a lot of uh, games over to the Wii U lately. Yeah, and that's busy. Ollie Ollie. Yeah, they – you know what? It, it's really cool because they're almost like um, – I, I, they're almost like a medium publisher. Maybe, like maybe, Actually, I would say they're like a big publisher for an indies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lot of games under their umbrella that they don't develop that they publish for um, other developers on on the Wii U, which is really cool. They kind of port the game over for them. So they do a little work because they're the ones that are doing the port job for it, but they're not making the game themselves. So yeah. they're just doing the ports over. But they have a lot of games now under their umbrella over at Curve. So it, it's, it's, really, it's really neat seeing some publishers come out and – you know, help helping the other developers get their games to a wider audience. So that that's really cool from Curve. But so the, so they released Ali Ali, and they came out on the Wii U and the 3DS the same day. Mm-hmm. Now this is this is kind of a, it's kind of like a momentous occasion for the Nintendo consoles because this is the first time in North America we actually had a cross buy game. Hmm. So and, and it's kind of weird because they had uh, they had that was cross buy, and then Mario versus Donkey Kong was also crossed by and those both came out on the same day. And the weird thing is is they were both crossed by but they both did it in different methods. So if you bought Donkey Kong from Nintendo, uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong, they they on your receipt when you purchase it from the store, they give you a code for the 3DS one oh, and that's vice versa. Cool. I had no idea that they were doing that. So so they so they do that and then or if you buy it on the 3DS they'll give you a code for the Wii U. So th- how that difference is when you buy Ali Ali, then when you log into your account on the other system, it says that you have a free c- copy. So there's no code giving to you. So uh, it's it's really weird. It's like it, they're they were both done in different fashions. I'm not sure. I, I understand. I think why they did it with the Mario versus Donkey Kong. I think they were hoping that you would give out the code to your friend oh, or somebody else so to grow the community. Them. Yeah. Well, the whole the whole point is is like really to make your own levels and share them in that game. Um, I'm not really going to get into that game. I have been playing that too, but me and uh, Matt are gonna um, 
do a podcast with our impression our impressions on there so i don't want to really yeah, talk fine. too much about it on here because it's going to be separate but yeah so i think that's why nintendo chose to maybe go that road with it was they were hoping that people would share it out um i'm kind of selfish and i wanted it on both so i didn't share mine sorry mike <laughs> but, but uh <laughs> but so yeah back to ollie ollie so ollie ollie is basically tony hawk but in 2d uh, have you played Ollie Ollie? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I reviewed it I, for Steam. I, I think, yeah, I think we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. I'm not really going to get into too too de- um, too much depth into it. It's a really let's just I, I'm just going to say it's a really good port. It, I'm glad it came over to the Wii U. It it's basically your 2D Tony Hawk. Um, each level you'll have five different goals you need to meet. It, you know, and you don't have to meet each of the goals to move on. You just really got to complete the level, and then that'll let you move on. Uh looks like there's like a total of 25 levels total, and then you, there's pro versions of each level that makes it a little more difficult. Uh, the, the only like the only complaint I've had is when you're landing a trick, it, it's like you really don't know when to hit the A button or or the land button. It, there's no real gauge. It's just like kind of almost when you're ready to hit the ground, but not really. Did did you get that same issue? Yes, it took me a while. I actually reached out to them on the Steam forums and said, hey, am I playing the game wrong? I, I can't jump and land a jump ever. And I wound up having to plug in my Xbox controller and try, and I still failed a lot. And then I found someone finally commented, this isn't obvious. I think they're going to fix this or at least put it better in the controls. But hit A again to land. <laughs> so, um, and I was like, oh, I got it immediately after that. And it was fun. Well, you only have to hit the A button to to land. You never you, to jump. You just like on well, the yeah, you, you you click up. You pull the trigger back. Yeah, but so, I wasn't so. I wasn't hitting A to land though. It wasn't. I was hitting it, but not at the right time. You have hit it exactly when you're yeah, about to it, hit the ground. You know what's really weird about it, and what feels really odd is like so you hit A to land, but then to grind you hit the you hit a directional pad again. So you're kind of like it, it's kind of it, it kind of throws you off because. To me, when I think about it, I'm still technically landing when I when I'm grinding. Yeah. So like like I, I that would always throw me off while I've been playing the game. It's like it should be like when you're grinding, it should be hit A and a directional pad to grind. Like yes. to me, like that, that like and then the directional pad would do the different move. But I, I don't know. To, to be me, desired like, for the controls, I think, in my opinion. But. Yeah, it's I, I I don't know. Like it's it seems like it. You would seem like if you moved a game into 2D that it would work easier than a 3D game, but I, I just felt like the Tony Hawk games had better controls. Yeah. But but I'm not taking anything away from this game. I, I'm still having a whole lot of fun with it. The online leaderboards is really fun. I, I I like being able to compare scores with other people, even though I'm not as good, not nearly as good. So, But uh, moving mm-hmm. on from there, let's go with our last topic. There wasn't a lot of news. Most of the news came out of PAX, so if you want to listen to any of the news over the weekend... From PAX, go ahead and listen to that podcast again. Um, so, but we're, we're going to end the day with uh, today's Mario Day. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in in uh, celebration of Mario Day, we're going to talk about our favorite 2D title and our favorite oh, 3D wait, title. Why is it Mario Day? Explain to them. Because it's March 10th. M A R one zero Mario Day. <laughs> Clever, huh? Everybody's probably oh, space palming right now, going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's it, it, it's already broke the internet, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
so so we'll talk about our favorite 2D game and maybe give a short explanation why, and then we'll talk about our favorite 3D game and give a short explanation why. Sure. Uh, you want to start or do you want me to start? No, I'll start. That's fine. I don't care. Um, okay, I so think favorite 2D game? My favorite uh, 2D game, which I'm going to base this on how many times I played it over and over and again when I was little, was, um, I think, Super Mario Bros. 3. That was one of my favorite ones. I I like that's it's it's so tough for me because like that's I have like a one A one B kind of mm. um but but why is that your favorite I don't know I just really liked it a lot I played it a lot you can get the little you know tail fly around and everything like that and I like flying from the ships and the, I don't know I just the flute thing was cool I mean I liked it so I don't know so so there's something about Mario three that. It like it basically Mario. If it wasn't for Mario three, there's so much in Mario three that sets that sets up for the rest of the series. That yeah. if we didn't have it in Mario three, I don't know if Mario would be Mario. Because yeah. uh, granted, Mario one set set the foundation for gameplay. There's there's definitely no no arguing about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I agree. Yeah. So, so if you're playing Mario One, that that set up the foundation to what for what Mario gameplay was going to be like in a 2D side scroller. So then Mario Three came along, and it and it had so many new additions. So you had different suits. Mm-hmm. You had, uh, I mean, of course you did have the fireball and the star yeah. suit in the first one, but this one now now they added the Tanuki suit. They added, um, you had a frog suit. You had the little boot you could ride around in. Mm-hmm. So so there's different stuff you could do. And then I think the biggest addition is the overworld map. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You could actually see the different levels and where they were, like, and you know, and and how to you know navigate through them. Plus, you can get the item shop. You know, like literally, it set the foundation for Mario games. You're right. And and, and is that is that the first game where we kind of seen like mini games in a Nintendo game? Yeah, I think I, I think so. Because remember, you they they had like the the match two game. Yeah, and they we, had yeah, and you matched them up and you got the bonus. Um, yep, and then they had the one where you had to stop. Like you, you know, when you enter the eShop right now, they have that little like game. Yeah, like, oh click, yeah, you're right. The thing. puzzle thing where you while yeah. you're waiting for it to load, you hit the button three times and it matched the puzzle. Like, yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So they had that Mario three as well. <laughs> so right, is, is yeah. that really like the first time we got to see mini games in a Nintendo so, game? No, I haven't seen any. I don't remember any game that had that quite before that at that era. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm like I'm like thinking, and I don't I can't pull anything. Off the side, you know, off the top of my head, but Mario Three to me is one B. So one A to me would be Super Mario World. And my reasons for Super Mario World being my favorite game is not only the fact that Yoshi made his debut in there, mm-hmm. but the fact that there is so many different like secrets in that game like the star road and then the there's like a separate world after the star road um there's different paths you can like break like it it took like the overworld map and like took it to the next level they also added ghost house in that game and oh yeah they had they had the the yep and they had the famous little um little cart that uh not the cart but the little flying thing that bowser rides in and they introduced the koopa kids oh yeah or were those in three? Mm. Oh, Koopa Kids were in three. Never mind. They're yeah, in three. Yeah. Yep. 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 Maybe they weren't even in. Uh, or were they in World? Now I'm confused. I'd have to look that up because honestly, you're testing my. <laughs> I don't know. Going old, old school. old school knowledge right there. I do remember one part on Super Mario World 
even though I'm, I've totally probably messed it up with the Koopa Kids. Now I can't get that out of my mind because that wasn't three and that's going <laughs> to bug me. But in, in Super Mario World, I do remember that level where you're climbing on the fence for the first time and you get to punch it and flip over to the other side. That was so awesome. Yeah, you got to admit. I was just like, oh. Oh my gosh, that's cool. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Yeah, I, there was, I mean, it's cool because, like, the Super Nintendo really, to me, like, just, like, took everything from the NES and just, like, made it super, really. I mean, like, it, it's such a clever name because it really did. It, like, I mean, you look at Metroid and then Super Metroid. It's just, <laughs> like, it. it's really just, like, it built on the foundation of Metroid and just made it that much better. The same with, like, Zelda um, Link to the Past. Took the original Zelda, you know, formula and, and just made it better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's really it, it was really nice to see that. But so so I, I would say it, it's hard for me to choose world over three because they're so I mean, I can make arguments for both, but I, I think world just holds a special place in my heart. Well, yeah, it's all about how you started developing your feelings for Mario. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's your favorite 3D Mario? I would say that's uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Because I would I I really loved how they took levels and made them into their own little worlds. And the way you use the Wiimote and wandering around these worlds and interacting with enemies and collecting stars and shooting stars and all that good stuff. It was just really intuitive and fun and colorful. And I don't know. I think it. I think at that point, wasn't that the first one, first Mario to push the boundaries in the 3D world? Um like Galaxy was okay, but Galaxy Two really stood out to me. Well, Galaxy Galaxy Two Two really just kind of did the same thing we were talking about before, where it just took Galaxy One and just built upon it, and made everything it it corrected all the mistakes that Galaxy One made. Yeah, like um, Galaxy One had a really bad like clunky overworld kind of mm-hmm. where you were up in that little space station oh, thing, yeah. and then they just they just kind of like eliminated that and they just made it back to the old like top down. Um, you know, yeah, overworld, overworld map yeah. look. Yeah, and, and and I just think that works so much better for Mario games. Even like I, I love the overworld map in Mario 3D World. Yeah, like it, that is such a cool overworld if map. It's not and broke, then it, don't it, fix it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, it's it's just great. Like even the ones on the both of the ones on the Wii U, the 2D and the 3D ones on the Wii U are, are both great games. They're not my favorite in the series, but they're both great games. But I, I would have to agree with you. Super Mario uh, Galaxy 2 is just that's. You know, to me that that's the reason why I platform games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's to play games that are that that good. And you know, I, I'm not a Wii fan at all. I, I you know, I, I actually that's probably my least favorite Nintendo system. But you know, it did have some really good and really classic games on it, and that's definitely one of them. Yeah, I agree. That was my favorite game on the system. I think. I would say mine would be um, between that or uh, Metroid Trilogy. Okay, that's fair. And I would say the Metroid Prime Trilogy because I really love Metroid Prime, but I really love it more with the Wii Remote controls. Like, I feel like that that works for that game so well. Cool. You don't like Xenoblade? I'd, oh, you know what? I do. I mean, the, one, the two games I still have left for my Wii are... Uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 and Xenoblade because I like <laughs> that's that. it. Yeah, that's it. Because those are the that's two funny. ones I like the best, and I'm like, I'm keeping these. These are these are mine. <laughs> so uh, let's 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 have one bonus Mario for Mario Day. Sure. What is your favorite non, um, like uh, Mario game, but non like main series Mario game? Ugh, that's hard. Um, I really liked 
Well, okay. It's like a mixture. I like a bunch of different games. Um, I liked Bowser's Inside Story. I thought that was really clever and uh, and cool. Um, I also liked what was that one that we played a bunch? It's Paper Mario or Paper Mario Sunshine or something like that. No, Mario Sunshine is is one of the main series games. Oh that was yeah. Game um. Um, there is a Paper Mario though. There's actually it was the RPG one. There was an RPG one that I really liked. I think we talked about this the other day. Yeah, it was it was Paper Mario. Or oh, no, Mario Super Mario RPG on Super Nintendo. Yes. Is that the one you're yes. thinking of? Yeah. The the one from Square Enix. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'd like that one. Yeah, that that one's really cool. It's um, different. I do like the yeah, I like the three fourth isometric view it has in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say the original Paper Mario is probably my favorite non mechanical uh mario game okay i can see that i i love the original paper mario it came out of nowhere on the on the n64 um that you know there, there's some really good games on the n64 oh, yeah. that that's definitely on on the top of my list for for some of the best on there i do remember there's that yeah there's this really, <laughs> really cool well. um really cool act it's uh the one where you go up by the penguin place or whatever it is and it just sticks out in my mind because it's it's so cool it's like a it's like a murder mystery like the the whole act is like a murder mystery so it's really cool and like you're at you know you're mario of course you're playing as mario but you get like um accused of murdering somebody so it's it's just it it plays out really comical i I recommend go going to play the paper mario series it's really good uh unfortunately the 3ds one's not that good yeah the the, the 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 three leading up to that one are really good. That the Thousand Year Door and what the Paper Mario um, Sticker the, Star. How do you like for three DS? Do you like that? Yeah, that's one. That that one's not that good. Yeah. And then Super Paper Mario for Wii was really good actually. Which is that's kind of a change of pace. That's kind of more like a Metroidvania RPG ish, mm. but it's it's still really good. Interesting. Yeah, Mario's made some great games over the course of time. His sports games are good too. Well, he doesn't make his games, so. <laughs> Yes, he he does. He, <laughs> he makes does. them. He makes them in the kitchen with. <laughs> he doesn't develop them, but he makes them. <laughs> That's true. I, I, you could argue that. I agree. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Strikers is awesome. I love that soccer game. title. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I'm so good at that game. It's ridiculous. What about the Olympics games? That was those are hilarious. Ah, uh, you know, I never played the ones with Sonic in the Olympics. I do remember they had the Nintendo event at the. Uh, Sarasota Square Mall, mm-hmm. and I still remember beating somebody in Mario Strikers 18 to 1. Oh, gosh. And I was so upset I let up that one goal. Oh, you don't even know. You don't even know how upset I was. I, I was. I wanted, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to shut him out 18 nothing. But oh, that's too funny. I don't even know how you score 18 goals in that game. I don't even. I didn't think there was enough time. Like a but boss. <laughs> that's what I did, man. I dropped it. That's dropped an 18 spot on him, but... Okay, so that's all we have for this yeah. week's podcast. If you have any questions for us, make sure to either leave a comment on the bottom of our post or get in contact with us at our emails. Mike's is Mike at GameGravy.com. I am Ant at GameGravy.com. We also have Twitters. Mine's at A-D-E-V-I-R-G-I-L-I-S. And Mike's is at Micatron. Mm-hmm. M-I-K-E-A-T-R-O-N. <laughs> yeah I would say my last name but no one would be able to spell it so it doesn't really matter so I might as well just spell it out for him it's true <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah so if if you want to get in contact with us if you have any questions you want us to answer on the next episode or you want us 
you know, just give us some feedback or ask us questions about this episode and we'll get back to you in our comment feed. Um, be sure to do so. Absolutely. Until next week, I'm Anthony. I'm Michael. Peace. Bye.